Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Great welcome uh, to uh, Bobby Marks, NBA front office insider for ESPN, longtime NBA front office executive joining us on 97.3 The Fan. Bobby, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. How are you? Uh, good. Hey, we got a little topic going. I want to let you be a part of it this morning. I, uh, I threw this out at, at five o'clock and the phone lines lit up like a Christmas tree. And, uh, I figure I get your thoughts. You've been around a lot of big name people in the sports world and the 20 years you spent in the NBA front offices. And the, um, the question is, if you had a dinner party yourself and were able to invite three people, from the sports world, in any sport, past or present, who would be the three people you'd like to invite to dinner? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, Tony Dorsett, because I okay. grew up a Cowboy fan. Okay. Um, back in the day, because basically the Cowboys and I think the Steelers and the Raiders were really the only teams when we had when we had free TV back then <laughs> that were on TV in the, uh, in, the uh, in the 80s um, basketball figure I mean I'd love to have Wilt Chamberlain at my table uh-huh. I mean I think we'd overlook how great of player he was yep um, especially in this day and age and um, who else would I like to have I'd like to have Andre Agassi at my table I'm a big tennis fan, and I, I grew up room for Agassi, so kind of a mixed bag of guys. But yeah, those are my uh, those would be my three. Oh, that's great. Well, Bobby, it's great to have you on the program. I've always enjoyed your work on on ESPN, and, and this time of year, uh, you, you get a lot of uh, uh, work, obviously, with the NBA draft lottery uh, coming down later tonight. Uh, and, and give me your thoughts initially on Zion Williamson, because. I think I may have a few uh, reserves uh, about him just because of uh, uh, 285 pounds. Uh, boy, uh, and he's a leaper. He's a young kid. But, boy, carrying that kind of weight, uh, I wonder how many years he can play in the league. Well, that's going to be the big thing. You know, you go from playing, what, 35 games in college to 80-plus in the NBA. And um, I think if there is a concern about Zion, it will be about the durability factor, you know, as far as the back-to-backs that, you know, the you know three and four nights um as far as how he his body can sustain that i mean that's a lot for the for these for this rookie class coming in just because they have not gone through that in 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 college but yeah i mean i think if if there is one thing that we're looking at to kind of pick apart i think that would be it but yeah i mean he's a he is certainly a talent i mean we all know that i mean i know the hype is there for him i think he certainly has justified it um, it will be interesting as far as what position he plays. I think he might be better suited for, you know, if they go small ball five. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, as I said, if there is a concern, it would be about durability in, in this league. You know, Bobby, the more I read about him uh, and want to know exactly how tall he is, you know, when he was a Duke, I thought he was 6'8". Then I'm reading he's 6'6". Six, six, then I read another article, he's 6'7". I mean, how big is he and what position does he play at the next level? I think he's probably more of a five. I mean, I really do, unless he's going to develop. And I know, you know, I think his three-point percentage hovered right around, I think, 30%. But unless he's going to, you know, turn into a, you know, kind of a stretch four, I don't see that happen. And I think he he is a five. And 
Um, you know, I mean, it will be interesting if he measures out in Chicago. Um, he's not, you know, certainly not going to participate in any anything on the court. But I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in at like six five and change without shoes on. I mean, I think, um, and then you kind of you go from there. But I, I think where he is right now, I think, and, and Mike Schmitz, who does a great job on our draft coverage, has said that he probably, for the long term future, that Zion is probably best suited playing the five. The five. That'll be interesting. Uh, again, only one year of, of college. You know, the one thing I really like about the kid, he plays extremely hard, and I think he may have to throttle it back a little bit in the NBA. And you brought up, you know, you play 30-something games in college. You're playing 82 regular season games uh, in the NBA along with training camp, and if your team makes the playoffs. I mean, the way he goes about his business is really fun, and I enjoy watching him play, but I'm not sure he can play that hard in the NBA night in and night out. Well, that's the thing, you know, he, he competes. I mean, if he, if anything, he hangs his hat on that. I think when he comes, you saw the difference when he was on the floor and then after when he got hurt, um, you know, that stretch of games. And then when he came back for, uh, for the tournament that, yeah, he's a difference maker, but can you do that for, you know, 80 plus games? Um, that is going to be the, the hard part. I think it's going to be key for him wherever he goes is that they've got a point guard. I mean, that's going to be the big thing. I mean, if he goes to a team like, you know, like Phoenix, although you've got Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton, you know, there's no point guard there. I mean, you could say the same thing about New York. I think um, where he goes will be critical to have A, stability with a, with a head coach, and a, a, be a good point guard in place. Bobby Marks, NBA front office insider for ESPN and uh, former assistant general manager with the uh, uh, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, well, what's it like working for ESPN and not being in the front office? You spent 20 years in the front office. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm in year four of being out, and it's different. <laughs> I mean, I would say uh, uh, different in a way that, yeah, you miss working as part of a team and putting a product, especially this time of year. You've got the combine this week. You've been, you're interviewing players. You've got the physicals examined. You've got the psych work that leads into the draft and then, then free agency. But it's different. I mean, I, I always say I sleep a lot better at night <laughs> knowing, knowing that uh, a win or a loss doesn't impact my livelihood. And, um but we've got a good group up here at uh, at ESPN, and uh, we're looking forward to the, the lottery tonight. And then we've got the combine on TV later in the week. And uh, this start will start off a, uh, a great six week, or you know, maybe two months of of coverage of all across the board. And I felt like last night was the last night of the com. You know, where there's no games, there's nothing really covering, and then you know we jump right into it today. Um... Is it fair to say that John Moran out of Murray State and R.J. Barrett of Duke are the next two uh, best players in this draft? I think so. I think that's kind of where you're seeing the separation there as far as with uh, with that two and three. Um, there is a little bit of, um, you know, when you get to four, you know, players like, you know, DeAndre uh, Hunter, Jarrett Culvert, guy, players like that. It, it, will be, it will be interesting that how teams examine these guys in the next six weeks. When, when they take into account the psych work, the medical, the background, if anybody can, or, you know, the more of the film that they've studied, if any of these players can jump into the top three. And I, I don't think so. I think with Morant, I think it's such a draft that's deprived of point guards. And I think there are teams up top that are looking for point guards. I think if you look at Phoenix, if you look at Chicago, teams certainly that could land in that number two, that, that number two spot and, and, uh, and, and can grab him. So, yeah, right now I would say that, uh, 
that, you know, with Williamson at one, and then you can, you know, make the case with Morant or Barrett at two or three, and then there's certainly some separation there. We're visiting with Bobby Marks, NBA front office insider for ESPN. Uh, I want to ask you about a couple of kids. Uh, one's from Southern California, the other played at University of Southern California. First, I want to ask you about Bull Bull at Oregon. He played at Modern Day High School here in uh, the Santa Ana area. He uh, got hurt during the season. Uh, what, what did that do to his stock? I don't think it did. I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, if he had a, you know, if he played the whole year and he you know, was off the charts, you know, he probably would have jumped into the, you know, top seven or top eight. I think he's still a lottery pick. I think teams are certainly going to have to wait on him with the, uh, with the injury. It's almost like, do you treat him as a redshirt year, his rookie year, like Denver did with, um, with Michael Porter Jr.? Um, I, I think the realization is that whoever drafts him is probably not getting a player that can come in and, and impact and come in and play right now. That it's all about, uh, it's all about you know years two, three, and four. How about Kevin Porter Jr., uh, the shooting guard out of USC? Played his freshman year there. Kind of mixed bag on the court. I know at one point in time he got suspended for a game or two. Uh, he's coming out, uh, you know, three years early. Your thoughts on him? Well, that's that. Uh, you're right. I mean, it, there is a mixed bag there because I think from a talent standpoint and, and an upside, I, I think there's no reason why he. We're not talking about him in the top ten, but what you know, what is the background going to tell on him? What is the psych work going to tell on him? Um, what's the interview when you sit down with him in Chicago and go through the interview process? Um, what is that going to tell about you? So I think we've got him pegged right around 14 right now um, in, in a lottery. But hey, teams are looking for wings. I mean, you know, especially ones that are 18, 19 that have a ton of upside. So um, I think the next six weeks will play a big role as far as what, what, where Kevin goes as far as, you know, is he a guy in the mid-teens or maybe he, maybe he cracks into that top ten there. Hey, Bobby, uh, John Beeline uh, leaves Michigan at 66 years of age to take his first job in the NBA with the Cleveland Cavaliers. What's he walking into? Not only the team – the organization, but how is he going to have to change as a coach, and what kind of offense and defense is he going to have to employ? Well, what he's walking into, he, there are some. There's young pieces there with um, Colin Sexton and Seti Osman. Um, you know, you know, you certainly have Kevin Love there. You know, who's an All Star if he stays healthy. Um, but I think the interesting thing is what happens to guys like Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, some of those veterans that have been there. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a good situation because you have the potential of having a top three pick. You've got another first round pick. Um, you've got flexibility down the road. So John can basically wipe the slate clean and kind of put an, his own identity, um, on this group. I think the fascinating thing will be what happens if they get the number two pick. I mean, do you put John Morant and Colin Stexon together? I mean, is that something, um, something that they can do? And, um, I'm not, I wasn't surprised that he, you know, is is in the league. Um, I'm, I was probably more surprised it was, it, it was Cleveland that was the team that he kind of picked. How will his coaching style fit in the NBA? Well, I think that now that the most important part is is putting a staff around. Him. You know, I mean, it's it's. A, I worked for Coach Cal in in New Jersey in the late '90s, and it's a hard adjustment going from the college to the NBA based on just everything is different. I mean, the season is longer. Uh, the travel aspects of it, the, um, you know, you're learning about 30 different teams or 29 different teams as far as the style. So I think it's, I think it'll be critical for him to put some NBA guys around him, some NBA veterans, maybe some guys who have been coaches before, because that will be, that will kind of be his, um, you know, his saving grace there. 
What are you uh, from afar right now, ESPN, uh, looking out here on the West Coast and looking at this Lakers situation? How, how do you sort this thing out? Well, I mean, I know there's, you know, certainly they've been well scrutinized and rightfully so. I, I like, I actually like the Frank Vogel hire. I really do. I mean, I know he. We look at what he what happened in in, um, in Orlando, but his track record in, in the Indiana is pretty strong. And I think he's a really good coach. I think he's got to have the right personnel. And I, I said it over the weekend. Like, what's the what roster is he coaching? The one he interviewed for, or the one that you know could be drastically different come training camp here. Um, the kid factor doesn't bother me at all. I, I mean, I, I worked. I, I I had Jason as a player. Uh, I had Jason as a head coach in in Brooklyn. I I know a lot has been written that he is basically the coach in waiting. But I look at Jason Kidd that. The only way that Jason Kidd was going to get back in the league was it was going to be as an assistant coach. You know, you're not, and he, and for him to get to that next level, he's going to have to pay his dues a little bit here. So that doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. I think the big thing is that, you know, who's the who's the decision maker here? Who's the decision maker when we get into the draft? When we get into free agency, uh, when we get into the trade market, is it is it Rob Palinka? Is it Jeannie Buss? Is it by committee here? And I think that would be my concern with uh, where the Lakers are right now. Hey, as I'll let you get out of here, uh, give me your picks coming out of the East and coming out of the West. You know what? I have both series ending in five. I like Milwaukee in five, and I like Golden State in five. I think I think Milwaukee is really good. I mean, I think well balanced and. I know Toronto won that game seven on that great shot, but that game scared the heck out of me just because <laughs> it felt like they were playing hot potato with the ball. You know, I mean, it was basically we were, let's rely on Kawhi to do everything. And, and if you're going to do that in, against Milwaukee, you're going to be in for a short series. Hey, Bobby, thanks so much for the time. We'll look forward to doing this again and really appreciate your time today. You're welcome. Thank you. There you go. Uh, Bobby Marks, NBA front office insider for ESPN. 20 years he worked in the NBA, five years as the assistant GM of the Brooklyn Nets. And he mentioned that uh, Jason Kidd was uh, his uh, head coach there when he was with the uh, Nets. And uh, we thank him for joining us on the SDCCU fan hotline. A reminder, SDCCU has low mortgage loan rates, equal housing opportunity. Apply now at SDCCU.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.